Well, welcome to the Sherwood Oaks podcast. My name is Sean, and all summer long, in addition to the weekly sermon and minute message, uh, we're going to be bringing you interviews with people each week who have put their faith into action. Uh, one of our values as a church is that we tell life-changing faith stories, stories that show us what it looks like to follow Jesus in everyday life, and then encourage us to live out our own faith and put it into action. And today in our second episode, uh, I am excited to be joined by my friends Scott and Suzanne Fuson. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate you being here. Uh, so why don't we start just by having you share a little bit uh, about yourself so that we can get to know you. Okay. Um, I was born in Michigan, and I'm actually an elder's child for okay. decades, decade and a half, and more, very much more conservative church was Church of Christ. Mm. Uh, but um, I met my handsome husband our first day of work at Dow Corning. Okay. Yeah, I'm Scott Fuson. I d uh, didn't grow up in the church um, and so found uh, Jesus in college, interestingly enough, in a fraternity house. Uh, yeah, not, not many people find Jesus at a fraternity <laughs> no, house. No. Uh, so maybe we can explore that just a little bit here <laughs> sure. and, uh, a in a little minute. later. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. We, um, we met and got married and served in our church. I was a deacon, and uh, Suzanne was in the children's ministry for many, many years, and um, have two children, Alexis and Zachary, and uh, they're now 33 and 31. Okay. Uh, son's getting married this summer, and... And we have a grandchild. And we have a grandboy. Have a grandchild. <laughs> oh, love it. So you guys are in a pretty sweet stage of life yep. right yeah. now. Very much so. Yeah, and how, how long have you been married? We have been married 40 years this July. coming July. July. Congratulations. Yeah, 40 you. years. That's a big one. Awesome. That's wonderful. We're 39 and 1, by the way. <laughs> it's true. First year was a little tough. <laughs> oh, man. Those first couple. Maybe we can get into that in the podcast <laughs> <laughs> as, as well. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about your faith journey. I mean, growing up, a daughter of an elder, you yeah. imagine we're probably in church from day one or I two. I was in church three <laughs> times a week okay. yeah. since day one. And uh, I would say I grew up knowing all about Jesus. And it wasn't until my later years that I had somebody talk about knowing Jesus personally. So yeah. it took me a while. I knew the rules. I knew the do's and the don'ts. I knew Bible. I could, mm. you know, quote scripture, memorize scripture, win all those kind of contests. Yeah. But I would say it, it's, you know, Jesus has just been transforming my heart from the beginning to really yeah develop a deeper faith and a deeper understanding of who he is. You said that you were a little bit older when that happened. Um, how, how old were you when you said would say that it went kind of from your head down into your heart? I would say it was in it, it was it was a transition but I think that the time when we were actually living in Europe and mm. we had a, mm. a minister say this is more about knowing it's not about knowing Jesus it's about knowing let me see. It's not about what knowing you know about, about Jesus. You know. It's knowing Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, I messed that up. But, yeah. Um, yeah. but that, that was a big aha. That's when I thought, that's where I've been working on this. I've known, I've known I needed to, to transition, but yeah. it, it was his words that really struck my heart and said yeah now I need to really focus on the other yeah it's almost like there's a couple of conversions I think that we go through yeah. in our faith journey for sure there's that that conversion of knowing I am a sinner who needs grace and that Jesus is the one who provides that grace and that forgiveness that I need but then there's that second conversion from from that faith that is in our head to like where it's we are 
Jesus is not just our savior, but now he's our Lord. And like, we're learning what it means to walk with him and follow him. Yeah, and yeah. that's uh, that's so important in it our, is. In our walk. And it's a constant, you know? It is, you, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's that daily act of dying mm-hmm. to ourselves and following him. And Absolutely. Yeah, we learn more and more mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scott, how about for you? Uh, tell me a little bit about your faith journey and, and maybe some influential people along the way, yeah. uh, some of your frat brothers <laughs> that uh, led you to Jesus. I, <laughs> how did that happen? You're reaching now, but <laughs> I'm projecting. Okay, yeah. tell us your story. I, I didn't I grow, grow up in the church, but I always had a sense that there was a God, and I don't know why. I just, mm. you look at the sky, you look at things and life and nature. Yeah. Um, I loved astronomy and studied the stars. The ex- universe is expanding. It started at one point, so right. right? So, yeah. um, and I was in my fraternity house my freshman year of college, and this uh, guy from Campus Crusade for Christ, his name's Eric Bobbitt. Mm-hmm. His son goes to CSF now, by the way. And he came in there and he said, uh, I, "I said I know there's a God. I just don't know how to get to him." And he just laid out that it's Jesus is the way to get to him, and it just—I mean, it was within wow. seconds almost that. Oh, that's how I get to God, or that's how it gets to me, you know. And so that's, you know, Eric Bobbitt was a really significant. I, I got to run into Eric after many, many years of not seeing him uh, at CSF, and uh, he remembered every story on my faith journey, even Man, even that's amazing. Forty some years later, so wow. it's very special. And then we had great elders in our churches that were great influences on us, and. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of my story. You know, when you when you have the heart of an evangelist, like it sounds like your friend did, um, it's it's like the moment that you pray for it is just for somebody to say, "I believe that there's a God. I just don't know how to get to him." And that's like throwing a, a softball up exactly. to like knock it out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. But that he was ready to be able to point you right to Jesus oh, yeah. as as the way. What was that like when you guys reconnected? I mean, I'm sure it's so cool for him to see. How, where your faith has taken you and, and how you're continuing to live it out today. Well, we were in a CSF. Suzanne's on the board of CSF. Christian Cri- Student Fellowship. Christian yeah. Student Fellowship yeah. and um, on campus here. And uh, I just brought up his name, and one of the guys texted Eric, knew Eric, texted him. Mm. He goes, do you know this guy? He goes, ask him what fraternity he was in. I told, he asked me, I had a Lambda guy. He texted him. Yeah, we know each other. So then uh, they arranged to have us meet uh, when his son came down to, to wow. visit. And that, it, what a neat so, moment. So, yeah, so... You know, we gave him a hug and we looked at each other and, you know, it was just my heart was full. And he, yeah. you know, he starts, I mean, I was witnessing to guys in the fraternity and a dove would fly in the window, a white mm-hmm. dove and land. I mean, I had stories like, and he knew all of them mm-hmm. uh, from witnessing it to guys in the fraternity. We got 10 guys, started a Bible study. Um, and the, the other thing that's different from her background is there there was more of an understanding of the Holy Spirit and in, in what, what I was studying. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, uh, um, st- stuff that we, we had here and the focus there for the last several weeks. Um, I was clicking with that, but that's kind of how I started, more of a Holy Spirit, Jesus, but a Holy Spirit was also emphasized, which yeah. is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Than, than so it sounds like, I mean, pretty quickly you started taking those steps of faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that's a pretty bold step of faith yeah, early bold. on and with your fraternity to yeah. say, hey guys, let's come together and do a Bible yeah. study. And I didn't know anything. <laughs> Yes. I knew zero about the Bible, so. Yeah, but yeah. you had the eagerness, though, right? You oh, had yeah. the eagerness. All in, all in, all in. Yeah. He used to take a Bible to church, and he'd flash it to friends, and it was one of the Pope's pictures, my, my, so that was the Bible he had. My, side of my family is Catholic, so she gave me okay. a Catholic Bible. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for sharing that. Yes, yes Suzanne, thank you funny. for sharing that. The interview is now over. I'm glad. Uh, that's good. So... 
Yeah, that reliance on the Spirit, taking those steps of faith. Um, Suzanne, what are, what's maybe one of the first faith steps you remember taking in your life? I think probably the biggest faith step that I took, just because I felt prompted by by the Holy Spirit, is Mary, is pursuing Scott. Scott, mm. I, I had a moment when we were dating, and I just had this voice say, he's the one I've chosen for you. Wow. And that was probably the biggest because it was like when I was 21, 22 years old, and we were married within a year, and, and off we went. Yeah, yeah, Sean, that story. So back 40 years ago, the company, you didn't get married inside companies. There, there wasn't dual careers. Oh, there was, yeah. It was kind of verboten. Forbidden, yes. And yeah. we went and told our boss, and she told her boss, who's a who's a, a, a male, older guy, he said, I want you to send, because we were in sales training, and then we go out in the field. He said, I want you to send one to Los Angeles and the other one to New York. Huh. And our boss said, I'm not doing that. Wow. And we said, put us in here, we're just getting married. And by the way, we told her this after a month starting in the company. Okay. So okay. she was like, what is happening? <laughs> this has never happened before. So anyway, she, she, will, she has told our kids to this day that I'm the reason you exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, I mean, that's a pretty formative faith story then for you guys no. as, a, as a couple to see how God it just allowed you all to be together in, in, in New York when in a time where maybe it was more conventional to split you all up and exactly. make you across the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. What, um, so you get married, you're starting your career, your lives together. What's maybe the first step of faith that you remember taking as a married couple? I, we, we quickly joined a church plant out in mm. New Jersey. Yeah, that's a huge step of faith yeah. <laughs> to, it, um, to take part in that. It, we were one of 12 families. Yeah. And, um, you know, Scott was then leading the youth group and I was teaching Sunday school and, um, just becoming part of that that congregation was so meaningful to us mm-hmm. and really helped shape our mm-hmm. our faith. Um, I'll never forget one of the elders' wives that said said to us in her New Jersey accent, "It's not your church until you get your hands dirty." Mm-hmm. And I've remembered that forty years later that yeah, oh, you, that's really you, you got to get in there and serve, and yeah, and that's it's... how we've just approached life and 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 um, yeah. ministry. Yeah. We were going to the church, and they said, well, we're going to plant this other church. Who wants to join? And, you know, some of us raised our hand, and we went. But the, one of the most cool things about that whole experience was the first ser- service, 12 families go forward at the same time to, mm. to, to place membership. And yeah. I'll, I'll never forget that in. day. It was a, just a joyous day, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the beauty of church plants is there is so much ownership and buy-in. And it's people saying... You know, it's not just about coming and observing and being fed. It's about getting our hands dirty mm-hmm. and, and really living missionally in our community and inviting people to something and inviting people to find Jesus ultimately is what we're asking them to do. Uh, and, and it does take all hands on deck in, exactly. in those early days of a, of a church plant. Yeah. What were some of the things that you learned maybe in that experience about serving um, about yourselves, because this isn't, you don't go to a church plant to necessarily be ministered to, <laughs> but to minister no. to others. Yeah, so what are some of the things maybe you learned in that experience? I think you have to become a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we did just about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget Scott changing 
a diaper in the nursery once. For the first time and, in my life. And, and, <laughs> I think I potty trained it next time. Listen, I, I did. It's, it's not your church until you get your hands dirty, <laughs> it, it is, uh, is what I've heard. <laughs> yes. You know, and, and it was, it, it was, it was a, it was a lovely experience. Um, we helped a, a, a young minister who, you know, had a lot of adversity. You know, mm. it was it was just an interesting thing. You could also see some not so nice things. You, mm. you, you saw the good, bad, the ugly with yeah. with a, a mm. tiny church like that. Yeah, I could talk to you all day about that. Yeah. Having some church plant experience in yeah. Rhode Island myself, um, it is a it is a faith formative exercise mm. without a doubt. But you all, you're retired now. Um, but you both had very successful careers. Um, tell us a little bit about what you did. Well, we began, as Scott said, in, in sales. So we were both in sales covering the whole East Coast. And then uh, we went through a variety of marketing positions back in headquarters, which, is, which was in Michigan. And that was for Dow Corning? Mm -hmm. Dow Corning, okay. yeah. Yep. And then we had the opportunity to uh, go overseas, three mm. different three different occasions and uh, continue to grow in leadership positions. Hmm. And uh, Young kids during that time of our, going overseas? Our children uh, went to elementary school at an international school in the south of France, and our son graduated from high school in Belgium. So, okay. Um, and so then we left. Most we, of their formative years and even into them, yeah. through high school. Yeah. Was, it, was quite, it was a blessing. I mean, they yeah. were changed forever because of it. I imagine. One story that's a leap of faith kind of thing. So we had like two church choices in the south of France. One was the Church of England, and the other was a charismatic church. Okay. And so we, we started at the Church of England and thought, well, that's not for us. And so we go to the, went to the charismatic church, and, you know, we saw it all. Uh-huh. And uh -huh. they were the most committed, wonderful people, and it was that was quite a leap of faith for us to go to, go to that church. But those people were so, so jesus driven and blessed and so we stayed there and just loved it but the first few times it was a challenge yeah yeah so you both in sales kind of climbing the corporate ladder so to speak mm -hmm. going wherever that was taking you mm -hmm. living out your faith wherever it took you yes. <laughs> raising your kids yeah. uh, and in a place where you probably didn't know a whole lot of people um had to form no. some friendships and relationships yeah, we um, thank goodness for the school. We had yeah, we, our kids were at an international school, but I remember the first uh, summer we were there. The kids and I moved in July, I think, and school started in September. I was really lonely, oh boy, I bet. and because I had taken a leave of absence, so I was okay. home with the kids and didn't know an English speaker. Uh, but I was given somebody's phone number, and it was a woman that was supposed to be in this Christian woman's organization and as it turns out when I finally reached her it, she wasn't a part of that anymore but she was actually an elder's wife at this charismatic church okay and the first thing that she said to me is how can I pray for you and would you like to come over for tea mm -hmm. and um and from then I I, I wasn't alone mm. you know I, I knew I wasn't alone Jesus was there but Jesus yeah. was preparing the path for us to to put Christians in our path that made those transitions so much easier it's so true like oftentimes the way that we experience the love and care of Jesus is through his people absolutely yeah yeah absolutely. so just that assurance of somebody simply inviting you oh, over for it was tea. immediate it yeah. was lovely mm -hmm. So as followers of Jesus in high-demanding corporate positions, 
um, what role did your faith play at, at work? Mm-hmm. That, that's something that I know a lot of people who are in kind of the business sector of the world are wondering, like, how do I live out my faith in my, in my job, in my career? The biggest challenge for me was after three and a half years in France, um, I got the phone call that we're, we're going to close the facility that, that I led. Mm. I was leading the healthcare business in Europe, but we had a uh, manufacturing and research facility, and it's all French people. I was the only American there, and uh, we had to close it. And it, it was one of those things where I knew it wasn't even a good business decision. It was oh, really? completely illogical. Um, and so it, it just, that's probably the rawest I've ever been in my life. And I, you know, I just put it at the foot of the cross and said, you know, God, I need you. I mean, I, I can't do this alone. And so what he, for some reason he said, okay, you, you're going to get everybody jobs and you're going to keep the business and you're going to do it with integrity. And so I told my team the next mm-hmm. day, this is what we're doing. And we got everybody jobs. We kept all the business and the, the, the behaviors were all the right behaviors. And so. Mm-hmm. But it was, I was close to, to the edge, you know, wasn't I? Yeah, I imagine. For sure. Yeah. That was tough. Yeah. Tough on everyone, yeah. all, our family included. Yeah. Uh, you know, as I was going through my career, I, my mantra was courage and integrity. And mm. we were fortunate. We lo- worked for a company that valued integrity immensely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, I know we were rewarded because we acted with integrity. We carried mm. ourselves with integrity, our decision-making was around, you know, we had made decisions based on integrity. And, yeah. um, and, and it was interesting because our, our it, unlike a lot of corporate experiences, our corporation would not just give us performance reviews on our performance, but also on our behaviors. So the mm. fact that we were Christians living as Christians, I think really guided how we interacted with everyone. We treated yeah. everyone with love and respect. Yeah. And I think that was seen. It was, it was a, a little bit unusual, yeah. and um, but I it was it 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 served yeah. it it just helped us. Yeah. Behaviors came before performance, yeah, because behaviors deliver the sustainable performance companies want, and that was the mentality. Mm-hmm. So that really was yeah. good for us. So you were just living out your faith. You were allowing the spirit to to move and shape yes. and mold you into you know people more and more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when the company saw love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control coming out of you, I mean, those are admirable qualities in life, but also when you're leading in a company. Exactly. And especially since, you know, Scott talked about closing the site in France, but we at subsequently, we, I led a customer, North and, uh, customer service organization for North and South America with hundreds of people in it and ended up having to close sales offices and let go 10 or 20% of the workforce mm-hmm. and went through many, many, re- it was the first time we had done a major re- workforce reduction. It was one of several that we had done mm-hmm. throughout our career, but that was one of the first. And it was just kind of unheard of mm-hmm. at Dow Corning. But um, I had, I, you know, it was, it, again, those, those characteristics yeah. helped me. And I, I knew that those in my organization trusted me to make the right decisions, yeah. even though mm-hmm. it may take them out of that corporation. Yeah. And so your faith during that time really served as an anchor it for did. your yes. soul. Yes, that's, that's a wonderful um, way to say that, it, absolutely. That held you firm mm-hmm. in the midst of all the chaos yeah. that was going around. can't imagine what it would be like not to have Jesus 
going through this kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. I don't, yeah. people do it. I don't know how they do it without him. I mean, yeah. it's such a comforting. Foot of the cross is a great thing. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, it is. Can you can you think about a time when maybe um, the the fruit of the Spirit did not come out of you in a moment at work or in your career, and 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 maybe that flesh came out again? I can think of plenty of times okay. in my own <laughs> life in ministry. Uh, where that has happened, and maybe something that you learned um, about grace, about yourself, um, in that moment, putting I, you on the spot here. I don't remember the specific <laughs> example, but um, I remember I was just getting stuck in my own rut about something, and you know, I tell her, and then you know, finally she says to me, "Scott, guess what? It's not about you." And I think we'd been married ten years or something, and I left. You know, you're right. It's not about me. It's not all about you. Right. I think that's exactly the quote. I forget, I forget what the issue was, but I thought, well, and, and that was a tipping point for me because, mm. because you know, I was ambitious and young and trying to get things done and deliver and whatnot. And I thought, okay, yeah, you're right. That's that's huge, huge change. Yeah. Huge turning point for me. Yeah. That's big. What about you? I, I can think of times when I, I would press people um, and I think I usually did it with courage and integrity but I remember we had it was a just a chemical company specialty chemicals company and I was leading an organization and I had PhDs working <laughs> under me and marketers and salespeople and one of our PhDs was just I mean literally droning on and on and on about the science and I went to the blackboard <laughs> in the middle of his presentation and said and wrote down, so what? Who cares? <laughs> That's what I felt like with all of my science teachers actually in school. It's like, what can we do with this? This yes. is you know, cool. Yes. The molecules do that, but and, and yeah. it probably you know, obviously wasn't done with humility at all on my part. Yeah. And um, yeah. and uh, you know, and at the end that, that scientist actually said you're really good at what you yeah. do. I mean, so he did pay me a compliment, but I, I could have done it a little different. I could have done it behind the scenes, mm. and I chose to not do it that way. You did it publicly, right? I, I appreciate yeah. you guys sharing that. And and like I said, you're both retired now, uh, but that doesn't mean that you lounge around all day doing nothing, going to Kroger in your sweatpants, <laughs> anything like that. Uh, you are you are both incredibly active in the church and in the community. Uh, and so, what are some things that you are involved in? Well, we were we were fairly young when we retired, so we knew that when we left um, Michigan and and came here, we wanted to put our skills and experience mm-hmm. to work in the community. Mm-hmm. So, we we. We started with Sherwood Oaks right away, and we're fortunate enough to get plugged into the marriage ministry at mm-hmm. Sherwood Oaks. That was kind of our first mm-hmm. foray into uh, foray into ministry here. So we do one of our biggest joys is um, mentoring couples yeah. that are going through uh, getting ready to get married, but yeah. also doing mentoring for couples that are already married. And that really is about skill building. We're, we focus mainly on communication skills, confront, confrontation, and finance, and 
That's that's a, doing that for ten years. Yes, and doing it together it. Oh, is a blessing it. for oh, us. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I bet serving alongside of one exactly. another, and it's it's also I imagine probably very redeeming taking some of the pains uh, from Absolutely. your own marriage and experience yeah. and saying helping a newlywed or those about ready to be married um, say, hey, don't fall into these same pitfalls. Well, exactly, <laughs> and we know what a difference a happy marriage makes in a life, mm, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been, it's been my greatest blessing. Yeah. And uh, so we are, we are very pleased to be doing that. And, really and I, I do a lot with women's ministry also mm -hmm. here at Sherwood Oaks and Scott with men's ministry. I'm, we're doing, I'm in men's ministry on the leadership team with that, serving with Alan and Mark and the team. and. Uh, we got big news coming up this fall for yeah. our big, big men's ministry launch. Um, I'll leave it right there as a tease. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait for this. I can't wait to start talking about it. It's, it's going to be good. So, so that's what we do here at Sherwood Oaks. Mm -hmm. I'm also been serving for ten years on the board of distinction. Claudia Mitchell got me. <laughs> Claudia Mitchell one day said, uh, "Hey, Scott, I want you to get to know Luke Zeller," and that was it. And so it's, it was when God whispers your name, one of those moments that I just mm. felt it immediately. I go, "Boom!" I go, "Okay." So we had lunch. Been serving for 10 years with Luke, um, thousand kids every year. Um, at a basketball camp. At a basketball yep. camp is the means, faith, and character is the end. Yeah. And it's just gives me total joy, and it's great to, to get to know that family, but to also watch the impact when you have kids for that long. Yeah, beautiful. And one of the other things I do at, at church here is furniture giveaway. I'm, yeah. I'm on that team with... Um, a cup, Steve Dyer and Pam Dyer. That's a couple that I greatly Amazing admire. Couple. And because of my relationship with Steve, I'm also involved with New Hope for Families. Yes. He's he's the one that uh, introduced me to New Hope for Families, and I'm currently on their board of directors and their executive committee. Yeah. Uh, they're a fabulous uh, organization that is focused on keeping families together mm -hmm. when they're experiencing homelessness yeah. instead of separating the men to one shelter and the women and children to another. So I'm I'm really honored to be on that board of directors. 85% uh, success rate exactly. of getting families, of getting families yeah. on their feet. In, in homes yes. on their feet. High. It's a great, great organization here in our community. Okay. Do you know off the top of your head the website for New Hope? I, it's New it? Hope, the number four families.org yeah. uh, go there if you families. if you yeah. are not familiar with it check them check them out yes well scott and suzanne thank you so much for joining us today uh you all have been such a, a blessing to me since i've been at sherwood oaks pouring into me and uh, thank you for just sharing some of your story with us today and thank you listener uh, if you found this episode to be helpful, uh, be sure to share it with a friend and hit the follow button so that you don't miss any of our upcoming interviews. And I hope that Scott and Suzanne's story will encourage you to go out and live your own faith story uh, that not only changes your life, but spiritually influences the lives of those around you, too. Jim, hang on. Sean, I have a question for you. Oh, no. Hold on. Now the interviewer is being interviewed. Okay. All right. Why didn't Cain... Do the right thing. Why didn't Cain do the right thing? He wasn't, wasn't able. able. Oh man. <laughs> Father's Day's coming up on Sunday. I <laughs> uh, with that, we're done. <laughs> <laughs>